Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rainy Day Romance. I'm still not used to that. You're not used to it? <laughs> no, it was funny she said it. I was like, that's not our name. It is now. <laughs> We're inclusive. It doesn't have to be smut for us to do it. Although we prefer. We do prefer the smut. Anyway, we are continuing our series of Crescent City. Please be sure to go look back at these episodes. Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood. We did two episodes on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our heroes seemed pretty happy at the end of book one. The only problem was they got a call from Regulus. I mean, my biggest problem was there was not nary a pickle. Nary a pickle. Nary a pickle. <laughs> but that's okay. It's okay because we're going to get we're gonna get some pickle today. We'll get some pickle? We'll get some pickle today. Yes, absolutely. Yay. Absolutely. And it's going to be electric is all <laughs> I can say about it. It's going to be electric. Electric pickle. <laughs> I have forgotten. Well, I won't say it. I won't spoil it. But I have forgotten about that one little part until I reread it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love some electric pickle. In love fact, electric pickle. it's the, really the only way to go. Honestly, it'll get you there real quick. <laughs> it'll get you there real quick. Real quick. Um, oh, Bryce is such a lucky girl. Yeah. We we have electric pickles as well. Yeah, electric, they're just, they're electric just, pickles they're just are, battery powered or charged for everybody. <laughs> little tickle pickle pickles. Anyway, we are still missing Allie because she's still a bitch. <laughs> I am so tired. I'm going to be laughing through 99% of this. We have had a perfectly normal week. It's been so normal. And that's all you're going to hear about it. (laughs) All right. So we're not going to go over everything that just happened at the end of book one. You should just go listen to our episode or the last few minutes of the episode. If you didn't, then that's on you. Screw you, first off. (laughs) Too bad, so sad. You should listen to it. Why wouldn't you? And also, okay, it's not that big of a deal. We still love you. Here we go. We're getting into House of Sky and Breath. First of all, I know you're leading this, but I don't know if you're going to talk about the cover. Are you going to talk about the cover? Listen, I'm looking at it right now and I I can't I know no one else probably cares about these darn covers, but they're driving me crazy. All of them have some sort of snake on them. All three of them. Yeah, she's got serpents everywhere. Serpents and what's the bird that's on there? I can't think of it. It's a crow, yeah, I believe, crows. in the first one. and But it looks like Hunt. Yeah, and he it, has wings and lightning. Yes, but it could also be Thur. Mm. What, do, what are we going to learn about Thur in this book? We don't learn anything about him, much <laughs> of anything. Tiny little bit. Project Thur. Project Thur. I will say I have, in my very detailed research of this book series, I feel like people either love or they hate the covers. There is no in between. You either absolutely love it or you absolutely hate it. I am in between. You're in between? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm fine with it. I could, It could be anything and I'd probably be okay with it. I, I like the color tones. Yeah, it's much better than the new Akatar ones for me. Oh yeah, they suck. They're horrible. Yeah. All right, let's get into the chasm. So we start off with the prologue and we are introduced to just all new characters. We have a girl named Sophie Renast and she has made her way into a Kavala death camp on Pangira. It's where the Asteri and the, the Senate of Midgard keep some human prisoners. It's, it's a terrible place and it happens to be there are a lot of children at this death camp. Sophie has finagled her way into this one by working with Ophian, the human rebellion group that is rising up against the Asteri. She is working for them. She is trying to get her brother, her little brother, Emil out. Her parents were murdered by the government for hiding secrets and possibly magic and her grandparents. So she was a typical girl going to college. The, but the, she does have a secret 
and it is that she is a Thunderbird. Thunderbirds have virtually been wiped out, but somehow through her line, there is some bit of Thunderbird left, and Mm -hmm. we find out that's why her parents were killed. She sneaks her brother out with a bunch of other children, and they get into a van, and in this van, Agent Silverbow is waiting for them. Agent Silverbow, and we see a little romantic connection, at least friendship between... He definitely has... Yes. Some romantic feelings for her. He's like, all of these kids. She goes, all of them. We're saving all of them. Her original plan was just to get a meal out. They're on their way to a rebel ship, and Pipaspestos is waiting. She is someone vying to be a commander for Ophian. So is Silverbow, actually. She's a little wild, and they're a little afraid of her. But the Dreadwolves come. The kids are... They get out of the van and they run towards the dock. Sophie has to distract the dread wolves. And what does Sophie do? She takes power from the village city that's around her and it sucks it into herself and shoots it out, revealing herself to be a Thunderbird. She can is a conduit for all sorts of energies. Is it did you catch the connection in that and the parallel to what Bryce did in book one at the gate? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like it the first read through I didn't, but the second read through I was like, oh my God. So she can take in energy and first light mm-hmm. and shoot it out. Of course, the powers that be of hunted Thunderbirds into near extinction. And she's just let them know she's here. It's her and her brother Emil, the last Thunderbirds known that are left. And sadly, the Hind finds Sophie. Now, if you don't remember, the Hind was part of Sandriel's Triari, and she is known for her ruthlessness. Emil and the other children end up on the boat with Agent Silverbow. Her brother is gone, but Sophie has a secret about the Astir that she has learned because she had someone who got her to gather this secret. It's a secret she used to make sure that the Ophian Rebellion would care enough about her brother to help her get him out. And we don't know what that secret is. But the hind asks her, are you going to tell me? What do you know? And she knows that Sophie's going to refuse. So she ties Sophie with chains to cinder blocks and throws her into the body of water. And she sinks down. And that is the end of the prologue. The prologue was as long as some novellas. It was so long. Yeah. I like the story, but it was so long. It was all new characters. Pippasbestos, before Sophie is killed and Emil is on the boat, she sees Emil take out like three Omega boats, which are huge ships. They're um, huge boats from the Imperial Senate. They are submarines. It says he takes out uh, four Imperial Omega ships. Yeah. All by himself, this little kid in Pippasbestos is like, yes, give me that powerful child (laughs) for our rebellion. All right, so Sophie's dead at the bottom of the sea. Dead at the bottom of the sea. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead at the bottom of the sea. Is she? Yeah, she's just drowned. Mm. Okay, okay. She just drowned. I don't know. I just feel like it can't end there. There was just too much buildup. It just can't end. Too much buildup for Sophie. Too much poor and poor Agent Silverbow. He's done. We'll never see him again. Oh, sad. Here we go. The beginning of the actual book. We are at the CCB, the Crescent City Ballet, and. Poor Bryce. She's there with her mother and her stepfather, Randall. Randall, and one of my favorites. We love Randall. Ember just peppers her with all sorts of questions all oh the time. God. She just wants her and Hunt to go ahead and get together so she can have grandbabies. That's exactly. what I see as Ember as. Yes. They do notice some um, displays, paintings, reliefs, whatever you want to call them, in the lobby 
of the Crescent City Ballet. And one of them looks like a lightning god. And she sends a picture of it to Hunt, texts him, and says, Hey, is this a relative of yours? I love the relationship. I do too. Hunt shows up at the ballet, and we learn that they have not consummated their relationship. They are waiting until the winter solstice, which is months away, to consummate. Dumb. While they're there, remember she has the scar on her chest that is in the shape of a star, a eight-pointed star. It starts shining before the ballet starts. It starts shining and Hunt covers it up with his hand. And she makes a joke like you just wanted to get near my titties. You just wanted to fill me up. Yeah. Which he probably should. Apparently she's got great boobs. He probably She did. does have great boobs. She, some people were like turn out the light and they quickly shut up and she said it was because Fury, they were probably sitting near down Fury. by Fury. Yeah. Who yeah. was sitting as close to the stage as she could because she wanted Juniper's sweat to Jennifer. land on her. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're watching Juniper. Go for it. Dance beautifully. After the ballet, they all go to Rune, Flynn, and Declan's basically frat house, where Hunt then finds out from Isaiah that the Asteri have picked a new governor for Lunathian, and her name is Celestina. I love that name. She's from a not big region in Pangera. She's never had this many people under her. Right. She's only had a few before, and now she will have a whole horde of people under her. Right. And they're all nervous about that. There's a bit of anxiety about what kind of archangel will she be? What kind of governor of Lunathian in this region will she be? Then we switch to our favorite point of view of all time. (laughs) Rune Dannon knew three things, and they were all wonderful things. I can basically repeat that from memory at this point. We don't have to. We can read it. You can read it? Let's read it it right now. Open to chapter three. This chapter solely exists for him to get interrupted, I would say. Rune Dannon knew three things with absolute certainty. One, he had smoked so much mirth root that he couldn't feel his face, which was a damn shame because there was a female currently sitting on it. Two, he had downed an obscene amount of whiskey because he had no idea what the female's name was or how they'd gotten into his bedroom or how he'd wound up with his tongue between her leg. Three, he really fucking loved his life. At least right now. Rune dug his fingers into the soft, spotted flanks of the delectable creature mulling above him, dragging his lip ring across that spot he knew would. Yeah, there it was. (laughs) For anyone else reading that, I would almost be like, oh, cringy. But for some reason, just knowing it's Rune, I'm like, yes. Yeah, there it was. 100%. Yeah, nothing important happens. Nothing important. one thing important, but it really just leads into the next chapter. He gets interrupted yeah. because someone rushes in and they're like, hey, we have a little breach in our home security system. and Because they can't fix the holes in the walls or anything else happening, but they can have a high-tech security system Exactly. The house. the house is in shambles. Absolute shambles. This mansion, excuse me, is in shambles. But they have, because of Declan, they have all this high security. Yeah. And they're in the auxiliary, so it makes sense. They all gather, like in the foyer, in the entrance hall, and Bryce's star on her chest starts to shine again. And a bunch of shadows come up. And in walks Cormac Donald. And he reveals a shocking twist that he is there to see his fiance, Bryce <laughs> Quinlan. Apparently, her father has brokered a marriage deal between her and the crown prince of the Avalon Fae. A little island up north, very conservative, holds to the old ways. Old ways. Don't really have electricity and yeah, this aisle. No, no modern things. They go home, Bryce and Hunt, after this ordeal, and it's only to find Ethan Holstrom, Connor's brother, bleeding on the floor. Then we switch points of view. We are now with Therian in a sub, a submarine. 
not a sub sandwich. <laughs> Thinking about his servitude to the River Queen of the Istros, mm. to the Blue Court. How did he find himself in this situation? Turns out he fucked the River Queen's daughter, and she's now, you are betrothed to my daughter, and you must serve me because you fucked her. Therian needs to, he, listen, he's made some poor decisions. He got caught up in a wave of passion trying to teach this girl how to use a computer. It happens. It happens. It happens. Listen, they're out looking for something in the submarine that he's rented out, and they're searching, they're searching, and they find blocks with chains connected to them. That sounds familiar. And what's not connected to the chains? Both are a body. Sophie Renast. Yeah. She's not there. So he goes back to the River Queen, lets her know, hey, I did this thing, I did this thing, it was freezing cold, Why did? but I did it. And she says, okay, Sophie Renast is gone, I need you to look for her brother, Emil. He doesn't know why the River Queen wants Emil. But he hid one important piece of information from the River Queen about that? that, about the chains that they were open yep exactly they weren't broken they weren't still closed Mm -hmm. they were unlocked and open it's not like some creature came and just ate her away no open chain so that does beg the question where is sophie and why is he hiding things from the river queen if someone she's just a bitch I think so. Okay. Yeah, she's definitely a bitch. Okay. For sure. We switch back to the apartment, Bryce's apartment. We just see Hunt is a little jealous because Bryce is so worried about Ethan, Connor's little brother, and his injuries that he gets to sleep in the bed with Bryce. And Hunt's like, whoa. Okay, get it together. But we see a little jealousy there. Kind of cute. Unnecessary, but cute. There is a meeting with the Autumn King, and then Rune finds out Hypaxia is a necromancer. Can you explain that to me? Necromancer is someone who can speak to the dead, possibly. Thank you. Prop possibly use dead bodies for dubious purposes as well. Okay. Their dealings are with the dead. Yeah. Ugh. She also has a sister, we find out, whose father was a stag shifter. And who is that sister but the hind that we have met in the prologue mm-hmm. who maybe killed Sophie Renast. She thought she did, but she did not. So we're just learning details here. The action really hasn't picked up yet. We go to Bryce's new job. She's thinking about Lahaba, missing Lahaba. Really just so upset that Lahaba, who had not even had a day of freedom yet, had died. And it just felt so meaningless. Like, why is she still alive and Lahaba's not, which I was glad that she was thinking those things. And it makes sense that Bryce would be thinking those things. As a reader, I had a moral question. Like, why does this little slave sprite have to die immediately? And so I was um. glad that those questions were being asked by Bryce. She's at the Fay Archives. So she's no longer working at Griffin Antiquities, but she calls Jessica. Well, Griffin Antiquities isn't even a thing. Right. It's drowned. It's own. Jessica sort of book and she ran. She took yeah, I'm out of here. Fuck this. All the antiquities are in a warehouse somewhere. She calls Jessica her old boss, who tells Bryce the marriage might be of advantage to her. Interesting tidbit from Jessica there. Jessica always keeps me on my toes. I really hope that in this next book we get a either in Jessica's backstory or just she takes up a good part of it because there is something with her. Mm-hmm. Cormac shows up at the Fay Archives where Bryce works and he tells Bryce that, surprise, the Oracle told him he would unite with the princess who had a star in her heart so she might as well get used to the idea of this marriage. I didn't like Cormac at this point. Who would? We go to Hunt and he's at a meeting with the new governor, Celestina. He's a little shocked. It goes well. She He doesn't know she's laying it on thick though. Yeah, he, she's real nice. She's real considerate. She's real accepting. And she's real nonchalant. Of, oh, you don't have to live here. You can live in your own apartment. Oh, you don't want to do this? Uh, it's best case scenario. Yeah. And they're all. I agree. It's a little Michael Scotty. Like this what is a fuck? This is a family, not a workplace. Yeah. It's almost giving me those kind of vibes. And I'm like, oh, no. And they're all just. Okay. 
I don't really know what to do here. They don't know what to do. She lets them know that the Sandril's Triari will be joining hers. That includes Pollux, the hammer. Mm-hmm. Backsand, the Hellhound. They actually show up in that moment. Yeah. Who are not there? The Hind, the Harpy, and the Hawk. Mm. Backsand is an angel who can shift. That's why he's a he's a Hellhound, an angel who can shift. Hunt then tackles Pollux. <laughs> For good reason, Pollux tortured Hunt for years and yeah. years when yeah. he was a slave to Sandriel. And now they're expected to work together and as that, like Yeah, exactly. So, hard. Celestina, in her sweet way, she just puts both of them in the dungeons. <laughs> Some cells. Keeps them separated. She's fair. She's fair. And Bryce has to come get him out. Baxian says something to Bryce that he's glad she dealt with Micah. All right, we're back with Therian, our little merman. We love him. He's got his penis hidden behind a clam. I just imagine that's where it goes. I think he has like a little clam in front of his... his Is it little? Is it little? I mean, it probably sucks up inside of him. And there's like a clam. Not a scale. An actual clam. It's like sitting right in front of it. Just like those statues where they put a seashell over the vagina. Yeah. He's got one of those. Just hanging out right there. I believe I just feel like Darian's packing. But it's sucked in and then it comes out of his fin from the clam. That's what I think. Like the clam just lowers. Like opening a laptop. Like you just... But the other way he just flips down <laughs> or like a mailbox like when you open your mailbox <laughs> i think you just flip the clam down yeah, and then it just and shoots then out. and then it all comes out yeah. balls and all it's everything yeah balls to the wall snake eye first in the balls Love it. i think that's what happens for sure anyway he's so techie look at these people being techie he hacks into sophie's email and finds something called dust truth what is dust truth and project Thur. What is Thur? Let me explain to you what Thur is. Thur is Thor. You know who Thor is? Good. You know who Thur is then. T-H-U-R-R. He then finds out that these emails that he's seeing for Sophie are from Banshee fans, something number. And he finds out that's Danica. Danica, what the fuck, Danica? What are you doing? Danica has been emailing Sophie Renast, or she was before she died. And Therian's, oh, where can I find more information about this? Who can give me more information about Danica and why the fuck she has been in contact with Sophie freaking Renaud? So many secrets. Yeah. But then he gets news of a small boat found in the marshes and he gets a sniff, humanish smell. He thinks Emil's been there. Emil. And he sees an Ophian rebel's body found. Pippa must have sent that Ophian rebel after Emil. It was then attacked and killed by some crazy river beasts. Mm. But it looks Looks like Emil made it out alive, thankfully. So everyone might be alive. Emil, Sophie, we don't know. So many people died in the last book. Can we please just have people alive now? Exactly. No one dead, please. Thank you. Thank you. Therian then takes his little shiny tiger-striped ass over to Bryce's. And Rune and Hunt and Ethan are there. And he tells them, listen, Danica knew some shit, okay? Danica was messaging this girl named Sophie. Sophie was in the rebellion. She's got this little brother named Emil. The River Queen wants me to go after Emil. And the rebels want to use him. The River Queen wants to use him. And the Imperial Senate was after him, had him in this death camp for some reason. And Bryce is, oh my God, it's a child. I must help. I, what you want me to do? And everyone else is like, whoa, whoa. Remember when you got a call from Regulus? Like he was like, keep it on the down low, bitch. Stay out of yeah. our business. Don't mess with the Asteri. We will come after and your mother. She, and she just went into straight mama mode. Like, it's a kid. Absolutely the fuck yeah, not. She was like, I'm going to save him. No, having been a kid with superpowers yeah. herself, she's like, 
absolutely not fellow superpower child i will save you i will save you also we do remember because she's the heroine of the story when at the end of the first book the veneer and the wealthy and influential people weren't letting the poor or the humans into wherever they were hiding they were disposable they were disposable they were locking the doors on them and bryson was like hell no and juniper was like hell no she made them keep the crescent city ballet open which was not a good idea and we find out now that is called causing Juniper some troubles at the CCB. She can't get principal. And actually, she's the best dancer. Why is that? It's because of what she did that day, trying to help. So much political shit. Yep, trying to help the least fortunate and putting those one percenters in their motherfucking place. But then we get another shock about Danica. Danica from the grave is shocking us consistently. One after the other. Fury then tells Bryce that Danica was a bloodhound. Oh, what could that mean? A bloodhound is someone who can smell bloodlines. Uh-huh. And uh, Bryce is like, okay, uh, she, she never told me. Why do you know? And she's because she smelled me and she knew what I was. Yeah. And I knew what she was because she smelled me. So we just kept each other's secrets. So many fucking secrets. Yeah. So Danica knew all about Fury. Danica also probably knew all about uh, Bryce. She did. That's how she found mm-hmm. out who she automatically knew that Bryce she and knew. Rune were siblings. She knew. Yeah. You couldn't have it. She just kept all sorts of secrets. Some of these secrets I do as they're unraveling. I'm like, Bryce, how did you not figure this out? Was she just being ignorant? It's got to be. It's got to be that just Danica knew something about Bryce and knew it needed to be a secret. That's what I'm guessing. Makes me mad. I know. I'm mad. It's plot, plot device. device. I know. I always say it. We go to Hunt, and Hunt gets teamed up with Baxian. He's going to be... Oh, Lord. Baxian's going to be his little shadow as they get used to Lunathian. He's got to show him all about the facilities and what they have there, because they're not used to a lot of this stuff. They're not. Later on, they have they play video games together. Baxian's never played a video yeah, game. He doesn't understand a lot of this. And Hunt didn't either when he first got there. Mm-hmm. He didn't get it either. Thankfully, Baxian is not as bad or wasn't as bad as Pollux, but he did do a lot of things for Sandril, and he seemed to have done it with an okay face. Yeah. Just went along with Sandril, didn't try to rebel. He didn't do that shit. Baxian tells Hunt that Pollux is a little frustrated because his lady love is not around. Mm. Someone he actually has a little control over, and this surprises Hunt because who is it? It's the Hind. <laughs> and no one has control over the Hind but the Asteri. What do you mean, Pollux? Anyway. I knew something fishy was up right then. Something fishy. I knew it. Automatically. Because it didn't make sense. The pairing just did not make sense. The hammer and the hind? No. No, not at all. Then we have people going home. Bryce and Rune go back to her apartment. And Therian and Ethan are there. They're just chilling. Hanging out. Syrinx is there. And the cat's there. And Ethan just is petting Bryce's cat. And... Oh, God. A white cat. Like a, a literal cat. And, and when Hunt and Bryce walk in, it, they're I was like thinking a- pussy. I automatically <laughs> went to her vagina. That's oh where my brain went. Like, Ethan. I love that for you. That's how my brain works. Ethan, uh, that's not Please a cat. Stop. Yeah, that's not mine. And it starts talking. <laughs> and Ethan is like, what is going on? This cat then begins talking. He says, why haven't you learned to use your powers yet, Bryce? Ethan's freaking out. Ethan's freaking out. Hi, Adis. And Rude and Ethan are like, what the fuck? There are so many moments of just other characters, like the side characters just straight up surprise at things that have happened in this book. So basically, Adis is like encouraging. Bryce, you need to learn to use your powers, girly. And he says that your starborn light, listen, it's not from Peleus, but from Thea. 
Oh. That sounds so familiar. The last starborn queen. Bryce, you are the heir to the star sword. And he tells him the story. Peleus, who fought against the Asteri along with Hell and the demons. During the crossing of the Northern Rift, Peleus and Thea were fighting the Asteri. Now, Thea was married to another king, and she had two daughters, Helena and then another one. Peleus killed Thea. We didn't know that before. We didn't realize that Peleus killed Thea and forced Helena into marriage. Thea's other daughter disappeared, but all the children born of Helena and Peleus were born of rape. So that's where Rune's starborn power comes from, is from Peleus. But we are thinking that the other daughter who disappeared, that is where Bryce's starborn powers come from. Mm. True, full starborn powers, like Thea, whom Aedas loved. Everybody in the room finds out that Hell which is a world, not a dimension, is on the side of the rebels. They want the rebels Surprise. to win. They don't like the Asteri at all. Of course not. Bryce says she doesn't know any rebels, and then Ada says, one is arriving now. And they all turn around, and who's standing there? Cormac. <laughs> Otherwise known as Agent Silverbow. Who would have thought? Da, da, da. If you listen to the audiobook, you knew right away. But if you were reading it, you didn't know. No. <laughs> they had the same accent. The exact same accent. I did not put it together, though. You find out he had a girlfriend. Who was his girlfriend? Anna? Could it be Sophie? It was Sophie. Oh, how did we know? But the hind killed Sophie, and she had valuable information against the Asteri, and Cormac is intent on finding Emil. He says Pippa has become very cruel, and she has become one of the Ophian commanders. She hates Veneer, mm. and she is in charge. Her squadron is called Lightfall. Oh, I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Lightfall. He says that he agreed to marry Bryce in order to be able to come to Lunathian and to get answers about Sophie and Danica because he knew about the connection between Sophie and Danica. Everyone fucking knows about this, all this shit with Danica. And, and not Bryce. Yep. Apparently, Sophie found out something about the Asteri after Danica died. So, of course, Danica was never able to find out. But it was a mission she was sent on by Dan. Mm-hmm. They make an agreement. Cormac is going to help Bryce with her powers. She's going to pretend this fake engagement is real until his work in Lunathian is done. And she's also going to make the decision to... She already made the decision to find a meal. Oh, yeah. She's... Yeah. But she just makes it a little bit more definite, I guess you could say. After learning about all that Sophie... Yeah. Risks and who Sophie truly was. Yeah. Bryce wonders then if Lightfall has anything to do with Dusk's truth, which is what Danica and Sophie were emailing about. So that squadron of the Ophian Rebellion is called Lightfall. The whole thing pippas over. And then this Dusk's truth secret is what Danica and Sophie were talking about. So if you think about Lightfall, the sun going down, Mm -hmm. that's Dusk. And Dusk. Dusk's. Truth. Bryce is trying to put two and two together. She's maybe this is thing. And then she thinks about Project Thur. This other thing Therian told him about. Named after the god of thunder. Could be related to the Thunderbird. I wonder if that's going to come back into play. Who knows? What could it be? Hunt is hesitant to investigate this further for obvious reasons. He has been through a war before, a rebellion, and he just is happy with his relationship with Bryce and wants to focus on that. But she's insistent. They got to find this kid. Then, after talking having a little row, little tiny row. They agree they're not going to wait till winter solstice. They're going to go ahead and fuck. Which should have been the initial decision no matter what. But they can't right now because guess guess who's living with them? Fucking Ethan. Fucking Ethan Holstrom. And Hunt's, I'll pay for a hotel. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? He is desperate to get his dick wet at this point. He is just, he is desperate. 
Right. Therian tells Ethan the full truth about Micah's death, because Ethan didn't know, and Bryce's loyalty to Danica and Connor. And then Ethan is, of course, ashamed of himself for how he had treated Bryce in the previous book for not believing in her. We also need to mention the reason Ethan was bloody and in Bryce's apartment was because he stood up for Bryce against Sabine. And that's where Ethan went to and Bryce's they apartment. kicked him out. They kicked him out. Yeah. And so soulless. He's out of his pack. He doesn't have a pack. Yeah. And what is a wolf going to do without a pack? What is a wolf without a pack? But he's, God, I was so awful to Bryce last year, but she was about to die and she destroyed Micah because of what he did to Danica and Connor. Oh my God. He sees the mistake he's made. He's ashamed. He agrees to help find Emil. Ethan then proceeds to do, have you ever seen that video of that guy doing the Star Wars? He's got his lightsaber and he is <laughs> swooshing it around. Yeah, so that's basically what Ethan does. He finds Danica's sword <laughs> in Bryce's apartment. Starts swishing around fighting. He feels like himself. Such a guy thing to do. He's, he's, shift, he's shifted into his wolf form for the first time since he got let go of the, from the pack, since he got kicked out. He's And then he's just back. He's swinging the sword around. He's standing on the coffee table. He's almost even like acting out Sunball because he was a Sunball player. He's like kind of mixing both of these things together. And then the door opens and it's Bryce. And he's standing on the coffee table and it breaks. But lucky for them, there was a secret compartment all along from Danica. And at first, I think it might be Danica's homework or something from college. some of it is. Some of it is Danica's homework. Some research papers from college. But then there's some other documents about... Some important documents. The origin of the world, Danica. (laughs) What? The Asteri questions about their divinity, Danica. Which is just... First light, Danica. And then a blank page with Dust Truth written on it. Danica. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Mm. All right, Cormac and Rune get together. Cormac wants Rune to meet with an agent named Daybright. Gives him a stone. Use the stone. There's only so many of them. A lot of them have been destroyed. But this is what Sophie used to talk to this agent. She is in there with the Asteri. She's deep into the other side. This is how they communicated. He gives Rune the stone. Okay. Therian, when he had first told Bryce about Danica, had said that one of Danica's messages to Sophie had said something about the meeting where the weary find rest. And all of them think, hey, maybe this is the bone quarter. Maybe that's the bone. That makes the most sense. It does. Then Rune learns something about a place called the Spine. And that is a transportation, almost like a railway, but it's a transportation line going up and down through the middle of Pangira. It's where things are transported for the war, called the Spine. And he learns about a new mech suit that is coming from the Imperial Senate Mm -hmm. from their side. It's supposed to be big and dangerous. Big and dangerous. All right, we are back to Therian. Therian is trying to appease his betrothed. He's working on his little (laughs) speedboat. He has ulterior motives. Yeah. And she comes in. She's, oh, when are we going to have sex? She's so fucking annoying. We haven't had sex since the first time. I would she's like to have sex. And he's and always Can we her. keep in mind that the first time that they had sex was 10 years ago? It has been 10 years since they had sex. And this but she's a river spirit. She's la-di-da. Okay. But she's I, also I very temperamental. She's also very temperamental. Oh, up and down. Up and down. And she knows nothing about the modern world, nothing about technology, because mm-hmm. they live underwater. Like, you mm-hmm. can't have computers underwater. Electrocuted. You have to have like special 
spaces that aren't don't have are sealed off but she's not interested in that because she's and she's really not allowed to go up and do anything she finds out that he was hanging out with bryce and he's like, oh wait no bryce is with hunt would you like to go on a double date <laughs> we cannot make we cannot make this woman upset because she'll go tell her mommy on me yep and get me in trouble so he's he says oh you know what? We should go on a double date with Bryson Hunt. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And she says, what's that? <laughs> he has to explain to her what that is. After a day working with Baxin, the hellhound, Hunt goes home and Bryce updates him about all the papers they magically found in the coffee table so fortuitously because of Ethan's just wonderful swordsmanship. Amazing. On top of the coffee table. It was like Scarlet takes a tumble. <laughs> Do you know that video? I've seen that. Ethan yes. is one big YouTube video. He is. Yes. I He's bet that one big viral video. That little show with the sword made his penis feel big. It probably really did. He probably got hard. He probably did. He probably 1, did. thousand percent. That night, Bryce and Hunt, they gotta get it on. Just a little bit. But they don't have intercourse. Explain, Hannah. Mm. They talk about the last time they were in- intimate. Which was on the couch. After the whole wing incident. And he bled on the couch. She thought he was moaning. Yeah. Because of the good stuff. She goes down on him. And it is apparently wonderful. Mm-hmm. So wonderful, in fact, that Ethan can hear it from the other side of the apartment and starts just screaming at them. And so they stop, they giggle, and they go to sleep. Then Hunt has a dream Mm. as he's finally sleeping next to Bryce, and he hears the voice of Apollyon, the killer of one of the Asteri, Sirius, the prince of the pit. His father is the void. His mother is chaos. And he tells Hunt to team his powers with Bryce's. Spooky, spooky. It says here Apollyon is also known as a star eater. That's because he killed one of the Asteris. Yeah. Okay. Serious. Yes. 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 That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. Their fallen sister. Mm. Deck Flynn watch over Rune as he carries out Cormac's mission and meets with Daybright. He closes his eyes, does a little voodoo with the stone, and uses his telepathy. And she says, Tell your commander that safe passage is granted under the cover of the waning moon. Hmm. Just Agent Day. So this is girl bathed in day of fire, basically. Yeah. Across the way. And he notices that he's like, he looks like shadow and starlight. I'm like, what the fuck? But she says, what's your name? Not your real name, motherfucker. What's your code name? And yeah, don't like, tell me your real name. I don't know. He, he, he was not ready for this. She's day bright. So they're like, hey, we can call you night. Day and night. Day and night. Night opposites. and day. Um, do opposites attract? I feel like opposites do attract. Who knows? Are we going to have brain sex? Isn't that what sex is anyway? <laughs> then they have another meeting. Hunt has another meeting with Celestina. Baxian apparently beat the living hell out of Pollock. I was surprised at that, but I was like, okay, you're growing on me. Apparently he was not listening to this girl who was saying no behind a club. But isn't Pollock supposed to be with someone? Yeah, the Hinds. Exactly. He's frustrated. She's, she's not there. What's the guy supposed to do? Listen, like, apparently he's Stay monogamous to like, and yeah. listen to this girl who he's sleeping. Who's obviously saying no. Yeah, I don't want to fuck you. Yeah. And you to fuck me, definitely not. And what's he supposed to do? I That's, hate Pollux. Words are hard. I hate Pollux. Don't we all? Words are, yeah, apparently. And Baxian's not having it. But apparently it's caused a ruckus in the media. Mm. And the Asteri, though Celestina wanted to punish Pollux for what he did to that girl, the Asteri stopped her. Red tape. We love bureaucracy. We love it so much. But to keep the media distracted from what Baxine and Pollux have done, they have decided uh-huh. they are going to construct a marriage between two archangels. Something they've done before. Mm. They are going to get Celestina 
to marry a friend of hers, Ephraim, another archangel. And she talks so clinical about it. Oh, the children will be wonderful offspring. Yes, wonderful offspring. Many powers. Yes, a good friend. He's a good friend. Nice. He's a nice guy. Everyone else leaves and then Celestina reveals to Hunt about her friendship with Shahar, Hunt's former lover and the leader of the rebellion 200 years ago. And she also reveals that she tried to buy Hunt. That was so surprising, but I loved it. I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. She tried to buy Hunt from Sandrill and keep him away from horrors, but she was never able to do it. That really touched Hunt. Touched touched me. There will be a mating ceremony at the autumnal equinox, a party in autumn. What do you think that is? That sounds so familiar. Could it be Halloween? Oh. I think it could be. Are we going to dress up? They do. Oh my gosh. How about that? That's so funny. Yeah. Rune and Bryce are on the way to the training facility because Cormac said he'd do some training with Bryce, help mm-hmm. him with their magic. Now remember, he's also Starborn. He's one of the Starborn princes. There's 12 of them. Rune and here, two of them. That, he did think he was going to end up with the Star Sword, but it, Rune got it first in their ordeal. They're on the way to the training facility, and Bryce has had a little falling out with their mom about this whole engagement with Cormac over the phone. They didn't have a good ending. When, when they would. Bryce f- is just trying to protect her mom. Right. And when they would argue when Bryce was younger no one would really bring it up her mom would just could have a they'd have a quiet period and her mom would slip her a postcard <laughs> send her a little letter and a send postcard her, send her a postcard yeah yeah so she gets a postcard she gets a postcard from her mom and Rune is very interested in this oh wow a functioning family would you know interesting how and, does this work and then she says hey you want to come to our place for winter solstice brother up in the mountains and he says oh god I would love that because our dad sucks mm, the autumn king yeah he sucks ass mm. but then rune is immediately attacked by a reaper one of those creatures that comes and gets but souls day bright jumps in his head and tells her wake up rune wake up and bryce we go back to bryce's point of view she is chasing these reapers she finds them there's like five of them with rune and they got rune they say apollyon wants to face you at your full power. Mm. He wants another worthy opponent in the bone quarter. What could that mean? So is there a worthy opponent in the bone quarter? Is Sophie in the bone quarter? Could she be there? The Thunderbird? Emil? Emil is in the bone quarter. Yeah, uh, the more powerful Thunderbird because he took down all those, uh, those ships. She then uses her starlight from her chest. I imagine her spreading her arms wide and jutting out her chest and be like, let these breastices flash you. <laughs> Blind, bitches. Be blinded I'm taking by, you out. Blinded by these magnificent titties. <laughs> that is 1,000% what she would do. Cormac then teleports in and it's, what the fuck? You can teleport? How did you do that? How did you do that? Anyway, she grabs a star sword. He hands it to her because Rune has dropped it. Right. And she uses it to kill the Reapers. What? It killed a Reaper? The Reapers can't die. They're already dead. How How does that happen? How did that happen? And that's the end of part one. Mm. Now we're on to part two. Part two. And what is part two called? The Abyss. The Abyss. Have we talked about what these parts? They're hell. We're with Therian again in the River Queen. And we get a little explanation of the different court. The Istros were the River Queen that we know right now. That's where she rules. It's the blue court. We have Melanthos. That's the black court. Nivius. That's the white court. And Rubulus. That's the red court. 
and all her sisters reign over those courts. Blue, black, white, and red. She seems to be the most temperamental of them all, though. She really... Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. She really wants to get a meal before her sisters catch him mm-hmm. and get wind of this shit. She just really wants him before her sisters do. But she says, did you tell my daughter you were going to take her above the surface and go on a double date, sir? Like, no, that cannot happen. She's too precious. Why would you ever? Mm-hmm. And so she makes Therian go on garbage duty. He's like spearing garbage on the shore. Garbage collecting as punishment. Very. We then go to Rune and the Autumn King. Rune has gone to the Autumn King. He's like, what the fuck is up with this sword? This star mm-hmm. sword. And his dad says, hey, it came from the middle of a fallen star. It exists beyond our planet's laws. So maybe it can do crazy things. Because it, it killed a reaper. He says Rune should kill Bryce now because she's a woman that showed him she's more powerful than he and Rune. That's He's just like, a wonderful dad. If you were a, a real motherfucker, you would kill your sister. You know what I'm saying? And Rune is disgusted. This is- this is just a wonderful dad. Basically, he's a dick. But Rune does know the similarities between Bryce and his and his father. Yeah, their appearance and hard-headedness. Bryce, Hunt, and Cormac are talking. And Bryce says, hey, you think I might be able to teleport? Since I'm also starborn and Cormac's, yay, we can try it, sure. They talk about going to the bone corner. Bone. Emil and Sophie might be there. Let's talk about that. They realize we need two death marks to get to the bone corner. She calls Jespin. She says, hey, I need to buy two death marks from you. <laughs> Just straight up says it. I need to buy them. She's like, sure, whatever, whatever. Why the fuck you keep calling me? And Jespin says something cryptic. She says, you won't find any soul in the bone corner. What is it? Hmm. That's, what do you mean you won't find? That's where they go when they die. They go there and then they go to this beautiful resting place and be as confused then we have juniper fury hunt and bryce they're heading to the meat market says they going to visit the viper queen and so bryce and juniper are doing their little chores around the meat market and fury has a little talk with hunt and she says that juniper had a brother named julius oh this is so sad and he joined the fight club not the kind of fight club we don't talk about we can't talk about this we can't talk about this one exactly it's a fight club that the viper queen runs you're contractually in it he she got julius addicted to her venom and then he died in a fight and they just left him on the doorstep. Yep. His body straight up at his parents' doorstep. Juniper hates that fucking place. The only reason she's there is loyalty to Bryce. And also, she's like equating her brother with Emil. Emil. She like, says, I-, I couldn't save my brother. Maybe I can help save another kid kid he's got powers the viper queen's gonna make take advantage of him but emil is not there and then they go to the gym and they get it <laughs> on how do they start bryce says i love you and then he goes down on her sweaty coochie how did you feel about that with your cleanliness it bothered me it bothered you okay Mm-hmm. Especially with their heightened sense of smell. <laughs> maybe it doesn't smell. It's sweaty coochie. I'm just saying, maybe. And she, she does mention it. She does talk about her sweatiness. Yeah, she talks about it, but they're both sweaty. They're probably both. And he, he uses his wings to, like, to cover out. them because yeah. there's windows like in windows the Windows everywhere. But there was something you mentioned when we first started this episode, actually. Oh, he electrocutes her little clit with his tongue. He uses a little zap. A Zip. Lightning. Zip. And oh my God, the blinding orgasm. Uh, how do these women? always they all their organs are always just shattering he says i love you too and they decide they're going to call each other mates because of their strong bond and they talk a little bit about how mates mean different things yeah. for angels for versus Faye. for yeah. angels is just like your lifelong partner your yeah. sexual partner and, and she's like, you know if we say this in the Faye world that's it 
This is it. Your da- dash. Like, it's a done deal. Gonna, yeah. We settled. If you've read Akatar, it's the same thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. If you've read Throne of Glass, it's the same thing. She, when 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 Sarah J. Mass talks about Fae mates, this is what she means. We go back to day and night. They're meeting again. And she says, the attack on the spine will be three days from now. And there will be the prototype of the mech suit on it. The mechanical suit. We also learned that Hunt has worked on these suits before for Sandril. Mm-hmm. He would get these suits because the rebels would use these suits to fight the veneer. They were the only way they could really fight mm-hmm. the veneer other than like Gorsian bullets, which are like what the chains they put on Hunt to keep mm-hmm. him from using his magic. They were Gorsian stone. But the mech suits are something that the rebels would use. She would have Hunt go into the mech suits and trip them and booby trap them so that when they went to use it, they'd ex- the rebels would explode or they'd burn to death and all sorts of stuff. Just terrible things that Hunt hates and he's thinking about as all this talk is going on when they're deciding what to do about things. But right now, Hunt and Bryce are at the Black Docks. They use their coins and they go to meet the Underking. And he denies that the Reapers that showed up when Bryce and Rune were on the way to training, he denies that those Reapers are his. He says, you do realize that there are like bone quarters basically by a different name like all over Midgard. Yeah. I'm not the only Underking. These places are everywhere. Like these Reapers could have come from anywhere in Midgard. Guard. Why are you suddenly coming to me? And then he also tells them, and there's no sleeping city either. And she's so confused because she's, wait a second. There's no sleeping city. I saw this. The, this is the afterlife. Yeah. The sleeping city is where everyone goes to rest. And he, the under king, says, oh, you stupid bitch. Listen to me. I, and I think he's a little snooty. You know who he reminds me of? Who? The surreal. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The same kind of look. There's less clickety clack. Yeah, yeah. the fingers. Yeah. But bum fingers he has less he has tea yeah but it's not as fabulous no, the sur- as the, the cereals yeah, tea. The tea is amazing this tea is existential crisis tea yeah the cereals tea is hey Drama. boo who you fucking yeah and yeah the under king's like <laughs> you have no hope no <laughs> you might as well kill yourself here is your selexa <laughs> here you will need Lexapro after this, but you won't because I'm going to kill you. He says that the souls who actually pass through the bone gate, when they go in their little boat seas, they go and they sink or they swim or they don't sink. <laughs> that little whole pretty thing that people do and they pass through the bone gate. Yeah, those souls don't really get to rest. They might sit for a minute. Yeah. But they're either, oh God. one, fed that light, that veneer magic is fed just like back into the archway and used in the system it's called second light mm-hmm. it's used as electricity basically or the under king eats them because he feeds off of it that's just wonderful yeah because that's exactly what she wants yeah she wants connor to have been eaten by the under king who wouldn't want the under king to just eat their soul right their magic but that's what mm-hmm. the under king does he eats magic i'm not i'm not holding that he eats souls I think that their just souls the are stuck. I think it's just the magic. That's my we'll personal that. belief. We'll go with that. I still think what Danica, she saw with Danica was just Danica's magic, not her soul. I still think it's there. Um, we'll go with that. Bryce is like, why are you telling us this shit? And Hunt says, lady, my girl, my maid, it's because he's about to kill us motherfuckers. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. Don't you see? He's about to get a taste. And the Under King says, yeah, I want a taste of that powerful starlight magic. You took a lot from the system, the Eleusian magic system that we use. And I need a taste of that because I bet it's really good. A little hors d'oeuvre mm. with a cherry on top. 
Then we go back to the other side of the Istros, and we see that Ephraim is coming, and there are dread wolves everywhere. Oh, God. Dread wolves everywhere. We have Cormac and Ethan and Rune, and they have a run-in with someone named Mordok. They got to get out because Mordok we'll Cormac's scent. Mordok is a bloodhound. That's right. He's a bloodhound, and he'll know Cormac's scent. He'll realize who Cormac is. He'll smell that, and he'll smell the Prince of the Valbar and Fae. He'll smell them all hanging out together. Yeah. and Ethan. Cormac teleports them out of that bitch yeah. because he's like, maybe if he teleport fast enough, he won't smell us. And Ethan says, oh God, hopefully he didn't smell us because let me tell you something, he's a bloodhound and he, he says, and that's also Danica's daddy. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's Sabine's baby daddy. Switch, switch POVs. We're back to <laughs> Brayson Hunt. She's dropped her star sword and then the Underking brings out something called the Shepherd. Really sweet name, right? It's basically this 10-foot demon dog. Yeah. And Hunt tries to, sh- to shock it, but that just splits it into three parts. They run to the dead gate and Bryce falls. <laughs> then we switch point of views again. We're just really action-packed. We're going back. and Then we're back to Rune and Ethan. They're hanging out at a bar. And Runa says, hey, you should move in with me, Declan, and Flynn and get out of Bryce and Hunt's apartment. And then the Hunt says, oh, yeah, I don't want to hear them have sex anymore. They'd be having sex, and I'm tired of hearing it. The Hind and the Harpy then show up at the bar. Then we go back to Bryce and Hunt. Bryce is surrounded by the demon dogs and then reapers, and they chant to start opening the bone gate so it will siphon off her light, her starlight. And then Bryce lunges for her sword, but one of the demon dogs claws at her and hurts her, and Hunt feels what happened. And he's consumed with this feeling of protection and lightning. And he reminds her of the painting she saw at the CCB of the sky. So could they Consumed. Probably Thur. Probably. Probably Thur. But she sees Hunt and the way he feels and what the power crackling all over him. Blue lightning everywhere. And she holds out the sword so that the lightning hits it. And everything erupts. Then Bryce slices through one of the demon dogs and Hunt is hurled at the bone gate and injured. Can he get up? Will he get up? But as he's down, he sees something. It's like a well meant to collect first light. And he realizes, wait, if I can hold lightning and control lightning, maybe I can control this first light. Maybe I can be a conduit for it. Maybe it won't kill me if I hold on to it. So he puts a hand on the brass plaque of the dead gate and then he gets all this power this first light from the dead gate and shoots the power at bryce telling her light it up so fucking cheesy right here so fucking cheesy and she does through the star sword she kills the remaining demon dogs and then we go back to our mer guy with the clam covered penis therian meets them (laughs) at the docks and tells them about the hind and the dread wolves being in the city. They've escaped. Oh, God. Rune and Ethan are sitting with the hind and the harpy. They've played some poker. And the hind is just tormenting Ethan. Oh, I know you were in love with Bryce. You were probably so happy when your brother Connor died because it means you could just slid in and get in oh, the Oh, just DM. such a little cunt. Being a total bitch. And uh, she asks Rune to give Cormac her love. What? How does she know about that? Why does she know Cormac around? Apparently, she knows all about their lives. She knows lots of things. So, we go back to the apartment, and 
Bryce and Hunt and Rune and Ethan are there, and Rune notices, my sister, you smell a little funny. You smelling different. Oh, I wonder I wonder why she smells funny. I wonder funny. why she smells funny. And Hunt gets called into work because Ephraim's there, and Celestina needs him. Bryce, Rune, and Ethan are still together, and she tells them about the fate of the dead, and they are like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Are you serious? And then Sabine shows up, and she is pissed as fuck at Bryce for harboring Ethan after they kicked him out of the pack. I just want to slap her. I know. She's such a bitch. And she's like, you're trying, you're going to get Ethan to replace me. That's what you're trying to do. As the prime parent, you're going to get Ethan to replace me. Anyway, Bryce messages Hunt to come home because Sabine is threatening him. Back at the office, chilling at work, copy paper, as you hear the sounds of copiers and telephones in the background. Oh, yeah. Hunt is with Celestine in her office, and she's scared, obviously. She's about to meet her future mate for life, her future hubby Ephraim. She's a little nervous. For the first time in a while. It's about to, things are about to go down. And he says, hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you. But then he has to leave right away because he gets immediately call, call from Bryce and he can see Celestina's obvious disappointment. So like how you said you were my buddy and you're going to be there for me. And you just left. How dare you? His girl needs him. <sighs> anyway, Sabine, Bryce, Ethan, and Rune are at the apartment and hunting back and Baxian. Baxian again. Baxian followed him. They show up and Baxian says, leave Sabine. And she listens to him. Why is this? I wonder why. Baxian knows about Mordok. He knows that Mordok is Danica's father. God, that's that's a random thing for him to know. He hmm. just knows it. And Bryce knows. says, what the fuck? What? How are you in tied in no all this? No one told her that. What? And then he says, yeah, listen. At this point, I, I need to point out that at this point, Bryce is uh, legitimately getting pissed. Kind yeah. of at Danica. We, are, we yes. have moved from, this is my best friend. She could never hide anything to me to, what the fuck? Girl, why are you being shy? Like, I'm just, I'm getting done with all the late. Do you have, like, world-ending information that could have been scary for everybody? Uh, what, what? What is going on? What's going on? in then goes on to say, listen, Mordok, don't play with him. I have mm-hmm. literally seen him eat people alive, humans. Like, a human mm-hmm. couple, I saw him eat them alive. Scary. We go back to night and day. Rune is relaxed. He's had a hard day. He's in his little tele- telepathy bridge with Agent Daybright, and he says, oh, it's been a rough day, tells her everything that's happened, running with the Mordok and all that shit and Sabine. Day says, same, it's been an awful day, and the people she works for make Mordok seem nice, honestly. Who could that be? She says, I've never had a friend, despite her, my influential family. She reveals that information. Never really had a true friend. Never really had a family. Then we go to Ethan's POV. He's insistent on finding out about what happened to Connor. So listen, if there's no place for them to rest, what the fuck happened to Connor's soul? Yeah. I need to know. Did he get eaten by the underking? Where is he? What's going on? He reflects on how he thought, once thought Bryce was his mate when he first met Bryce. This man was in love with Bryce. And he was an itty bitty teenager too. Yeah. And he and Bryce Puppy did love. become like best friends after, oh, she yeah. says, like after Danica. Yeah. It was Ethan, basically. She did have Juniper and Fury, but she was very close to Ethan. Kind of like her little tiny brother. Farian shows up and he tells Ethan that the bone quarter is dangerous. They don't need to be going and finding Connor over there. They need to go talk to a different group of people people called the mystics Mm -hmm. in between this time between the next event bryce 
uses her power, her title as Princess the Valbarn Fay, to get Junior that Junior to get Juniper that role as principal dancer at the Crescent City Ballet because Juniper still can't get it because of her heroicism. Celestina has to discipline Hunt for the way he left the party. It was disappointing. She needs to do something. She says, "You know what? You got to stay at the Comedium for two weeks. You're just gonna mm. have to stay here." And Hunt, I am never gonna get to fuck my lady. He, I, God, I feel bad. He's had to cancel the hotel room. He's got to stay at the Comedium for two weeks. Terrible. Bryce, Theron, and anything go to the Mystics. And they meet this old-looking guy with gray hair. He calls himself the astronomer. They see he's got, like, four rings on his finger. It looks like three of those rings have something shimmery in them. Something in them. Something fiery. Tiny and fiery. Mm. Could those be fire sprites? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Bryce is fucking pissed. So they're fire sprites. They see the mystics. It's three people. It's a man, a woman, and an intersex individual in water to bring perfect balance. There we go. Perfect balance to the tub that they're floating in. It's like Stranger Things. They're connected to tubes connected to these tubes these respirators and such and they're just floating in this water the astronomer then brings out an orrery which is basically a holographic of the solar system and the mystics can travel all around in their minds like while they're in this place very much like 11 in stranger things very much travel Oh, I love that parallel. Like when they put her in the salt bath Mm -hmm. and the mask of her face. Yes. Very much like that. The mystics then search for Connor. And it it looks like, oh my God, is he in hell? Because the male mystic, he ends up in hell. Yeah. Freaking out. With Thanatos, prince of the ravine. Bryce says, oh no, I don't want Connor to be there. Thanatos says, Connor's at the bone quarter. Don't worry. And then he proceeds to feed on the soul of the male mystic. And the tubes start to freeze the respirators they start to freeze you know because hell is cold it is very cold too mm-hmm. bryce hadn't yet made the drop and when Aiden his you know Trump was worried about bryce it was getting too cold so of course these tubes start to freeze but ethan jumps in there and saves the mystics before they drown before they they go back to i guess the apartment maybe they go to the mansion and declan has been looking at footage from griffin antiquities and he sees Danica there and Mm -hmm. she has found a particular book and taken photos of it and they can zoom in and see that the title of the book is Wolves Through Time Lineage of the Shifters and she is looking up the Fendier line her line wonder what she's trying to find. What is she trying to find? So Rune and Bryce decide they need to sneak Bryce into the den. So Rune distracts some people outside the gate while Bryce sneaks in there. And she finds the Prime on a bench. She's watching some uh, little puppies play. And the Prime calls her, look, the wolf again. Calls her a wolf. Makes her happy. She says, what do you know about? the ancestry and the lineage of the the wolves. Where do y'all come from? And the Prime says, the Shifters did terrible things during the First War 15,000 years ago. Awful Mm. things. And because they did those things, they gave up their true nature inside and out. Gave it up and Danica could have fixed them. Danica had enough power. She could have brought them back to their original state. And Bryce tells the Prime then about Ethan and what Sabine has done. Back at the apartment, they find out the attack from the rebels on the spine was a success. Pippa has the mech suit and she is with the veneer on Coronal Island. That's bad news. That's bad news because Pippa's crazy. She's on an island with a bunch of veneer and uh, they need to stop Pippa. They need to get, they need to tame her. Calm, Calm her down. The Ophian Rebellion, they need to control her. She's out of whack. We then cut to a scene where we find out Juniper is so angry at Bryce for using her title to get 
the position of principal dancer. She's like, how dare you? I've worked so she, freaking yeah, hard. She wanted to do it on her own merit. How fucking dare you, Bryce? Use she your was privilege. never going to be able to do it, though, just because they were always going to hold her back. But she did. Yeah. And she's understandably pissed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And they don't speak. And Fury oh. says, you need to let it go, Bryce. Let it go. You messed up. You messed up, Bryce. You're just going to have to deal. Bryce visits Celestina because they're like, hey. She says, hey, I need to go with Hunt to visit my parents important but really what it is she's about to go on a mission with Mm. rune and cormac and hunt to the isle of idra we then cut to a scene where the prime authors e offers ethan an alpha position with his own pack oh yeah he found out what happened to ethan because bryce told and a little bit of bryce still being ethan's best what does ethan have to say about this what what me me and he thinks and he's he goes to this place where the astronomer was he hasn't been able to let anything go the way he felt when he was in there about these mystics remember he jumped in and saved him he hasn't been able to let go of the man kind of shackled in there and sold by their families to serve yeah to serve this astronomer he can't so he goes to the astronomer's place where the mystics are and he finds out the astronomer's out he's at the meat market how does he find out because one of the mystics is out of the pool she's out of the tub because her respirator's messed up and the astronomer has had to go buy a part for the respirator to get it fixed and he's sitting there talking to her and he realizes oh my god she's a wolf oh my god she's an alpha Mm. from the tundra her family sold her she's an alpha wolf he says listen you gotta get out of here i cannot leave you here you are a wolf i cannot leave you but she refuses she says my family will starve my family will starve and she will not leave she refuses to go with ethan she says no and because he can't do anything else he decides to steal the four rings the astronomer because he's an idiot has left them there and ethan steals them much to our joy. Oh, yeah. Later on. We're back with Night and Day and the telepathy bridge. They flirt a little bit. Night and Day do. And Day, it reminds Rune, listen, Pippa's bad news. Pippa's real bad news. She's crazy. She's crazy. And they're talking. And then Dave starts spazzing. She starts spazzing and looks like she's in pain. And she's gone for a second. And Rune goes after her and he hits this black adamantine wall. And he can tell she's being touched, but that's all he can tell. And then he's blocked out. She comes back later. He's like, what was going on? She tells him, I was having sex. She never had sex, my guy. Come on. And he says, didn't seem like very fun sex you were in pain she says oh listen i consented i consented i do what i gotta do it's complicated we go back to the river queen and therian she makes therian go on this trip with the crew to meet pippa and the mech suit so cormac bryce rune hunt and therian they all go together cormac telepoints them to idra and the rebel base there where they have the mech suit and the rebels because they know that he's dealt with mech suits before and they know he's definitely a sympathizer they let him look at the suit to see what what is this we don't really know what is this this is created by the imperial senate and their scientists why don't you have a look at it hunt and he then sees it's made of Gorsian stone, which was used to shackle him, keep him from using magic. But Gorsian stone also draws power. So it can draw first light and any other power source. So you can use it. It's a very powerful weapon against the veneer. Super powerful. But it's also a weapon that the veneer can use because it can draw on first light. It's a nuclear bomb level threat, basically. Bryce and Pippa are talking, and Bryce is like, why do you want a meal? And Pippa says, I don't need him now. I have this 
mech suit, this prototype, listen, it's going to be a game changer. We're going to knock the Imperial Senate and this war over the edge. The rebels are going to win. And then to show how serious she is about human supremacy, she kills a bunch of rebel sympathizers. So these are magical beings, Veneer, who are helping her, carrying stuff around and doing work for her and just kill them right in front of Bryce. And they're like, oh my God, she's fucking crazy. Tiffa walks away with her group, her squadron, and Hunt says, you know what? No, no one should ever have their hands on this device. It is far too dangerous. And he blows it up with his lightning. Bye-bye prototype. They speed out, obviously. The rebels start chasing him. They speed out on a boat. And as they're on this boat, they see Baxi on a cliff. Baxi on a cliff. And he barks. <laughs> telling them to turn north. And they do turn north. But then they see someone else. They see the hind, the harpy, and the Pollux are there. And they jump from the boat before a torpedo hits them. Therian uses his water power to scoot them out of the way of this torpedo. The hind is coming at them on a speedboat. But Therian follows orders. He doesn't tip the hind over. He's on the River Queen side. He can't fight the hind because of the blue court. So the hind reaches them and hind says, I have proof of your treason. This is definitely proof of your treason now. Hunt is about to go ballistic. He is just, he's like restraining himself because he will electrocute everybody. They're in water. Yeah. They're in water. He can't do anything. He is like so angry. Like his eyes, he's just lit up because he can sense Bryce being in danger. He's so angry. And then before she drives off in her speedboat the hunt drops a stone <laughs> let's see what happens to you now these omega boats are gonna come after you i did this uh for sophie too dropped a little stone for sophie before i drowned her therian then senses a vessel approaching and he hunts hunts like just it's getting worse hunt is getting worse is and worse having to restrain himself but it is hard this vessel approaching it gets them but it's not an omega boat it's a boat, a ship called the Depth Depth Charger. It is the size of a whole freaking city. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a submarine the size of a city. Rune, he's like looking at Hunt. Everybody's looking at each other. Everybody's freaked out. Like, what's going on? Oh my God. And he uses his telepathy to say, Bryce, I know what's going on with Hunt right now. It's, it's uh, y'all are true mates. And he's about to freak the fuck out because you were in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are like true mates. You don't need to take that. Thank you, Virch, before he blows us all up. <laughs> then we go back to Ethan, Declan, and Flynn. Uh, these jumps are just crazy all to over me. The place. There's so much action. Yeah. They, and Ethan says, You guys, I stole these rings from the astronomer. It's such an Ethan thing to do. You guys, I stole these rings, and I don't know what to do with them. And Declan says, hey, guess what? We'll just bust them open. We'll see what's going on. And Declan just, like, starts going smash, like the Hulk. Anyway, we're back at the depth charger, and it's not powered by first light. They're like, whoa, what is this powered by? And Captain says, hey, this is powered by the Ocean Queen's magic. Not a river queen. Not Mm -hmm. one of the rivers. The Ocean Queen. And she's not with the rebels either. She's not with the Imperial Senate, and she is not with the rebels. A med witch then comes to get Cormac. She's going to remove the Gorsian bullets. He's been shot. Cormac has been shot with Gorsian bullets, which is why he was not able to teleport them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the captain of the boat, she says, okay, yeah, uh, Bryce, you need to deal with this situation with your buddy here. He's still about to go crazy. <sighs> so there's a biodome in there. Remember, this place is the size of a city. They, right, it's huge. It's humongous. It's a forest. It's like a, a rainforest on its own, like in the mm-hmm. middle of this place. She's like, a, 
you know what? I'm going to just keep everybody out there. We're going to keep it a solitude place. Y'all go in there and do what you need to do. And uh, what does Bryce need to do? Bryce and Hunt have intercourse Mm -hmm. and then they teleport. (laughs) That is a great first real sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so good that they teleported. She was able to teleport for the first time. Oh my God. Magic. (laughs) He's true mates. When penis goes in vaginas, it's... It equals going to a different place. Apparently. Apparently. That's all I ever know have known. That's <laughs> I don't know anything else other than that. You go to England, do you lay back and think of the Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Lay back and think of jolly old Britain. No. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Declan, Flynn, and Ethan were back at the frat house. And uh, they've busted open these rings and out come these fire sprites. Reethy, Milana, and Sasa. And surprise a dragon <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite parts of the book because it's so fucking random and listen flynn is so into this girl he says wow a dra- in his country I- wow a dragon oh my god obsessed wow i'd like to ride you oh my get god. your wings out like baby seriously any other book series any other author i would dnf this shit because it's so fucking insane but i know it's gonna be good i know it's gonna be good here hey Ariadne, you light me up she a little flame all over me i'm smoking uh, for you but Ariadne re- reveals that she cannot ship she's not into them at all no she is so done with them she's was you guys are crazy she's done with them she reveals she's a slave she has the spqm and she can't shift she can't shift because could she, because she's a slave so she can't even turn into a dragon bummer she tells ethan listen if you want to find out about your brother you're gonna have to go to a necromancer not the bone quarter not the mystics you're gonna have to find you a necromancer (sighs) then we go back to the city ship and bryce and hunt then go tell cormac all about their fabulous sex and how they were able she was able to teleport them afterwards and he says oh my god you have to be together and use each other's powers to be able to do all this stuff y'all need to pick up kiss 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 now and then someone comes and says hey we need to talk to you and they find out that Sophie's body is on the ship they had gotten a signal from where Sophie's body was dropped but they got there too late she had drowned Ugh. but they take him to the morgue they take Cormac to the morgue they can see his love the love of his life so sad one last time and they see that there are numbers carved on her biceps it's odd something being carved and they're like who signaled the death char- depth charger Tuesday <sighs> apparently there are six city ships that the Ocean Queen has had for two decades. The Ocean Queen wants the democracy that was there before the Asteri. The Ocean mm-hmm. remembers. The Ocean remembers. The Ocean remembers what it was like, Asteri. It is old and vast. Sanders says she will not give Therian Sophie's body for the River Queen. The body belongs to Cormac. You cannot give it to the River Queen. We have another scene with day and night. We're winding down here, folks. We have another scene with day and night. Day reiterates, listen, night, Pippa she's off the chain she's crazy you got that she's please be careful he's like why work with her and day says no rebel force has ever risen like this in 15,000 years what are we supposed to do she's gathered such a huge force and rune is so tired he's so tired day gets him to come over he lays in her and she tells him a little bedtime story that i'm gonna read for you right now oh she began once upon a time before luna haunted the heaven and solace warmed Cthulhu's body before Oginus blanketed midgard with water and Ur twined our fates together there lived a young wit in a cottage deep in the woods she was beautiful and kind and beloved by her mother her mother had done her best to raise her with her only companions being the denizens of the forest itself birds and beasts and the babbling brook her voice lovely and fair and steady flowed through him like music her hand brushed through his hair 
there again, and he reigned in his purr. She grew old, strong and proud, but a wandering prince passed by her clearing one day when her mother was gone, beheld her beauty, and wanted her desperately to be his bride. I thought this was supposed to be a comforting story, Rune muttered. She laughed softly, tugging on a strand of his hair. Listen, Rune, fi- Rune figured to hell with it and shifted, laying his head on her lap. The fire did not burn him, and the thigh beneath was firm with muscle, yet supple. And that scent day went on. She had no interest in princes, or in ruling a kingdom, or in any of the jewels he offered. What she wanted was a true heart to love her, to run wild with her through the forest. But the prince would not be denied. He, traced, he, he chased her through the wood, his hounds following. Rune's body relaxed, limb by limb. He breathed in her scent, her voice, her warmth. As she ran, she pleaded with the forest she loved so dearly to help her. So it did. First, it transformed her into a deer, so she might be as swift as the wind. But his hounds outraced her, closing in swiftly. Then the forest turned her into a fish, and she fled down one of the mountain streams. But he built a wire at its base to trap her. So she became a bird, a hawk, and soared for the sky. But the prince was a skilled archer, and he fired one of his iron-tipped arrows. Rune drifted, quiet and calm. When was the last time anyone had told him a story to lull him to sleep? It struck her breast, and where her blood fell, olive trees sprouted. As her body hit the earth, the forest transformed her one last time. Rune woke, still on the mine bridge. Day lay on the couch across from him, asleep as well. Her body still veiled with flame. He stood, crossing the distance to her, a princess of fire sleeping, waiting for a night to awaken her. He knew that story. It tugged at the back of his mind, a sleeping warrior princess surrounded by a ring of fire, damned to lie there until a warrior brave enough to face the flames could cross them. Day turned over, and through the flame he glimpsed a hint of long hair draped over the arm of a couch. He backed away a step, but somehow she heard and shot upright. Flame erupted around her as Rune retreated to his own couch. What were you doing? Rune shook his head. I wanted to know the story, how the story ended. I fell asleep as the witch was pierced with an arrow. Day jumped up from her couch, walking around it, putting it between them, like he'd crossed some major line. But she said, the forest turned the witch into a monster before she hit the earth, a beast of claws and fangs and bloodlust. She ripped the prince and hounds who pursued her into shreds. And that's it? Rune demanded. That's it, they said, and walked into the darkness, leaving only embers drifting behind. And that is the end of part two. What is the story about? I don't know. I, it sounds so familiar in such a way. It's, it's just sus. That's it. Parts one and two. We'll join you next time for part three, the pit. And we should add that when we do part three, we are also going to end that with a theories section. Hopefully. We've been doing this for two hours. Oh, shit. We have. So we'll see. But part three isn't as long as one and two together. It's not. But it's a lot of stuff. A lot of of action. We'll hit y'all up soon. It'll be before (laughs) January 30th. It will. For sure. It will. Oh, my God. And we cannot wait. Honestly, we're ready for this to be over. Not because we want the book to be done with, but because we're ready for Allie. We I miss, miss Allie. We fucking miss Allie. And we want her back. I'm sitting in her chair right now. I'm keeping it warm for her. Smell it. Smell the butt of the seat. Should I? Get her scent. Yeah. Do it right now. I'll just rub my butt up against rub it. Rub your butt on it. Did you wipe good today? I, I did. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I don't think I pooped today. Oh. Could have left her a little musk. No. It's a shame. I wipe in general and other things, but. Yeah, but. Yeah. It's just a lovely conversation. I know. But we used to be the rainy day smut brigade, so why not? True. <laughs> Kinky shit happens. We're not going to let it go. Anyway, this has been Rainy Day Romance, and I'm Ashley. I'm Hannah. 
And it's been nice. Go get your electric pickle on. Yeah. This has just been such a wonderful end to just a relaxing week. Uh, right? It's just been so wonderful. It's been great. Great. Can't wait for the next one. So excited. We'll see you next time. Sayonara, suckers.